Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are you ready for the Bible today? All right, today I'm going to, the message is called A Steadfast Mind. I want to read to you out of Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Let's pray. Father, we love you and God, thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship and to, uh, to be in your presence, to glorify you. Jesus, you are our hero. And uh, like we were just singing, it's all because of you, Jesus. Man, Jesus, it's all because of you. And Lord, the cry of our heart is to be like you. We worship you, we honor you, we follow you, given our allegiance to you, our hearts to you, our families to you. And uh, we have dedicated our lives to following and knowing you. And we just thank you, Lord, for your great love towards us. Right now, we open up our hearts, God, to hear your word. Lord, speak to our hearts. Lead us and guide us. I thank you for your ability to speak to every single one of us. And I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your spirit, God. Father, let there just be an impartation of your word today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all know that uh, our, our theme this year has been prayer. And uh, one of the pray- prayers that I've really felt led to pray this year is about mental health. Um, especially been praying for teenagers and mental health. And I heard this um, statistic recently about like excessive social media use and the increase of anxiety and depression. And um, rather than just like quote you something I heard on a podcast or something, I looked it up and it says a study published today in the journal of JAMA, JAMA, Psychiatry, um, suggests that teenagers who spend more than three hours a day on social media are more likely to develop mental health problems, including depression, anxiety, aggression, and antisocial behavior. Um, now, that, the study is about teenagers, but I think there's an application. I'm not here to pick on teenagers today. Um, but I think there's something about that for all of us, um, that there can be too much um, news, if you will. There can be too much that we put in us, and all of us have experienced at some level um, anxiety. All of us have experienced at some level despair or depression, um, the inability to think clearly or a fractured mind. And this concept of our minds and having healthy thinking patterns is just the thing that's been in my heart today. And so what I want to do is I want to take you through Scripture and what the Scripture says about our minds because I think it has some things that will help us so that our own mental health will be healthier. Amen? And our challenges are, are somewhat unique, and I'm going to go into that in, in this day and age. Again, that verse in Isaiah, verse, chapter 26, verse 3, you will keep in perfect peace. I don't know about you, but I want to sign up for that. The peace of God, right? You will keep, the Lord will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. Why? Because they trust in you. So how do we develop a steadfast mind that trusts in the Lord? 
And that's what I want to look into Scripture to see today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your what, church? Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died... And your life is now hidden with Christ. I love that phrase. You died and your life is now hidden with Christ. Now, I I realize that getting excited about a phrase like you died is a little odd. But it's because of when we die to ourselves, the life that we have in Christ is so much greater. It's so much more full. It's like operating the way that he actually created you to operate. There's a, there's a greater fullness. And I, you know, when I gave my life to Christ on May 5th, 1992, I gave, up, I gave up my rights. And I gave up, it's no longer I but that live, but Christ that live in me, right? Like I handed him the reins. And Scripture gives us this directive in Colossians to set our minds. Now that word set And the original meaning, it has to do with, it's actually one phrase, set your minds. And it gives you the context of like, concentrate. Concentrate, what? On things above, not on earthly things. And this is a a decision, like this is an active thing in our own hearts and minds that we decide what we will concentrate on, what we will focus on, what we will set our minds on. So that... That things above versus earthly things, like how do we, how do we like parse that out? How do we figure that out? What's cool is that um, there's a couple of phrases that go on in Colossians. They're, uh, they're the therefore. There's a couple of therefore. And you know, the, the, the reason it's therefore is what was spoken before, right? And so there's a, a therefore. And it says, it says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. And then in verse 12, there's another therefore. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And so, if I were to take these verses in Colossians and just kind of like simplify it and distill it down, set our minds, concentrate on godly things rather than, simple, than sinful things. Now, that's not very complex, is it? And yet, it's really profound, this idea of what we set our mind on, what we focus on. And Romans is going to come at this same subject But it's going to come at it at a little bit different angle. In Romans 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. This is your true and proper worship. I'm going to hit pause there for just a second. In verse 1, it's basically saying, listen, you've given your whole self over to the Lord. I don't know about you, but like serving the Lord, it's a lot easier to do it all in than it is to do one foot in. If you've ever tried to serve the Lord one foot in, it's really complicated because you're divided. You're divided with yourself and it creates confusion in yourself. And, you know, we're talking about the mind, right? There's this concept of just being 
focused and settled, your mind having integrity, being of one mind about the things of God. And so Romans 12.1 is, hey, you've given your whole self to the Lord, right? Verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. I love how that works out in English. Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans talks about this concept of needing to transform or renew our minds. There's a recognition that we're not where we need to be. Amen? When anxiety props up, when, when depression or when thoughts of fear, when, when thoughts of uh, wrong thinking come up, like there's this recognition that there's something that needs to be transformed. There's something that needs to be renewed. Because the fact is, you know, we were all born into sin. Right? We, we got this sinful nature from our parents and grandparents and grandparents and all the way back to Adam. You can blame Adam, but be careful because you probably would have done the same thing, right? And so don't be the, the first one to, to throw the first stone, if you will. But we all have this need to be transformed and to be renewed. And we have to be intentional to not conform to the pattern of the world because the reality is, the world has different values than God does. The world has different priorities than God does. And we live in this world, so we have to actively discern what thoughts and what patterns belong and do not belong into the, in the kingdom of God. Can I say that to you again? We live in, a, in this world, and so we have to actively discern what thoughts and patterns belong in the kingdom of God. So when I say that, and I talk about, you know, we're, we're, we don't want our minds as, as the world has it. We are not against the world. We're not against the people of the world. The world is our mission field. Amen? Like, you either were in the world or you were saved from the world. That's all there is to it, right? And so when I say that, I'm not saying that we are against a people I'm saying we are against inheriting and adopting thoughts and patterns that don't line up with God and his kingdom and who he is. There's a reason why I gave up my rights to follow Jesus. It's because he has a better way and because I trust him, right? So we're against adopting a worldly value, not against the world. We're against adopting things that destroy families, individuals, and societies. And so we have to have some vigilance about our own thought life. And so in our personal life, as it says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. I, I like this scripture because it's kind of like, it's almost like I see our, our thoughts like a zoo. It's like all these animals running around the zoo, all these different thoughts running around the zoo. It's like, okay, we've got to make things and take things and go, okay, here we go. This thought, is this thought a godly thought 
or not a godly thought? Does it line up with who he is in his nature and his word? Does this please the Lord? Or do I need to take this thought and say, hey, you're out of here? And just taking authority over our thoughts. We don't want to allow lies about God or about his nature or about his kingdom to set up camp in our minds. Because what happens is you have godly thoughts and then you have ungodly thoughts and they war and conflict with one another. And sometimes what they do is they start to blend with one another, which is really unhealthy. There's a word for it. It's called syncretism, where just different worldviews and different thoughts just begin to kind of mold into one. And so that actually your faith isn't pure anymore. It's been hijacked by other thoughts and systems of thoughts. But we don't want to allow lies about God or his nature. And so we don't, we don't believe, we don't allow ourselves to believe that God um, has created like many religions that all lead to the same place. Because if that were so, then when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no way to the Father except through me, he would have been lying. And then it wouldn't say that if you've seen me, when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, actually, if you've seen all these other religions and gods, you've seen the Father as well. He would, he would have said that as well. But that's not the way that it operates. In the, the Old Testament, this, the, the saying that was the most common saying, if you knew any scripture, you knew, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And I don't think it's because God is trying to keep people out. I think it's because he's trying to make it very clear who he is. Because there is a nature to our God. There's a nature of who he is. And he wants us to experience not just what he believes, but the nature of who he is. You know, when you're around somebody, there's their thinking, but then there's phone a friend right there. You're good. You're good. Um, but there's this concept of we want those, those thoughts to be right and to be pure. So we don't allow ourselves to believe that God's okay with sexual immorality. We don't allow ourselves to believe that God is okay with greed. We don't allow ourselves to believe that, that God turns an eye to, to things like bitterness and unforgiveness. These are against the nature of God, and he's not okay with it. And that's why Jesus went to a cross to pay for those things. There's this thing that we are turning away from. And the reason that I'm pointing this out is because when it comes to our mind, it's what we allow in our mind that dictates what comes out of us. And so in Galatians, it says this. And it's talking in Galatians about the sinful nature. It says, Galatians 6, 7, Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will, re- will reap destruction. Whoever sows to the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in well-doing, for in the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. What we sow within ourselves matters. What we put into ourselves matters. All right, so here's the challenge. What are you sowing into your mind? Again, you know, one of my, one of my real goals for today is I've just had a real heart about mental health and confusion, anxiety, um, heaviness, and 
you know, our minds are really important. And there's a lot of things that come into our minds. You know, if you were to interact with someone 200 years ago, and you said, you know, tell me about all the different things that you take in. They will go, well, like, you mean the newspaper? Yeah, what else? The newspaper. Like, that was it. And before that, like, there, like there, there were not, like, all of these outlets to put stuff in us, right? Today, man, we have to be so much wiser about what we put in us, right? We, we have access to so much input. News alone, you've got newspaper, radio. For those of you who are like, what are those, right? Television, people's like, I've heard of that. YouTube, podcasts, like there's so many ways to have input, right? Social media, uh, not just for information, but also images. There are social media that are, you know, basically image-based about just things that you're looking at, right? Entertainment, I mean, come on, y'all. We have a lot of entertainment, do we not? And it's really the the prosperity and all of the things that we've made in our lives that we don't just like work the farm all day and go to bed, right? And then go, I got to get up at the crack of dawn again, right? Kind of thing. Like, so we have this time and we have so much input and we wonder what's happening with our mind. We have so much that we put in our mind. No wonder our minds are breaking, right? No wonder it's hard to concentrate. No wonder we suffer from anxiety. No wonder we suffer from depression. We have input all of the time that's coming in us. When we did the, the, the prayer series on prayer rooms, the, one of the ones that I talked about that was probably the most challenging for a, a loud church like us was talking about the quiet room. Just like being quiet before the Lord. I mean, for us... The only time you're quiet is an elevator. Right? You're like, you're not supposed to talk in an elevator. Other than that, there should be noise everywhere, right? Like, you're on the phone and somebody doesn't talk, you're like, somebody say something. But there's a, I don't know if addiction's the right, exactly the right word, but we're so used to input and I just want to encourage you, I years, a couple of years ago, um, I took our leadership team through um, something that I had to work through personally where I was beginning to have a hard time concentrating on my work. And part of it was I, the number of emails, text messages, voicemail, like all of the input that I was getting, it was like I'd be working, I'd say, oh, my, bing, you know, oh, I was working, oh, there's an email, let me answer, oh, and shifting focus, right? No concentration, no set your mind. And so I was finding that my own ability to concentrate on something and go deep with my, my thought patterns with something was beginning to get frayed and fractured. And so a lot of you all know, a couple of years ago, I turned off my text notifications. And uh, I know you're supposed to like return text 30 seconds later. But I only know about a text when I open my phone to look at it. Now, I'm like you. I look at my phone a lot during the day. I'm no, you know, it's, it's not like I don't look at my phone. But you, that just one change made a big difference in my ability to concentrate and my permission to know I'm working on something. Not everything has to be an interruption. 
And you know, that's just, that's just practicalness, interruption. But I'm also talking today about just volume, the amount that we take in. And I'm, I'm not here to legislate the volume of your uh, uh, social media and your news and all that kind of thing. But I am here to challenge you today. Because there's, there's this promise, and we read about it a couple weeks ago when I was preaching to you out of, out of uh, Ephesians. Ephesians 1.17, Paul says this about, to the church in Ephesus. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know him better. Now, y'all, he's writing this to a church. He's writing this to people who already know Jesus. And he's saying to them, I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and revelation that you can know Jesus even more. We were singing it today, oh, to be like you, right? And I think, you know, Paul's prayer here is there is more to know about God. There's more to know of him. We can draw closer to God than we already are. He's so wonderful and inexhaustible. Like all of our lives, we can know him more. And last week, you know, Melanie was preaching about hunger and desiring the Lord and having a healthy hunger for the Lord. And the reality is there is more to know about God. There's more revelation. We can become closer to him. But what we fill our minds with and what we fill our lives with can actually diminish our ability to receive more knowledge of who he is and greater depth in who he is. And there is this, there's this trade-off that I think maybe we're making that we don't even realize that we're making. And I'm not calling you to like, well, you need to spend six hours in prayer every day and just become kind of a weird person floating around. But I, what I am saying is there is something about what we take in and there's a trade-off, Right? And I know, you know, for me, in, in my own life with entertainment and those kinds of things, I make, make these decisions about, you know, and, you know, I watch things that have bad words in them, you know, and, and that kind of thing. I know. I, you know, I watch things that, you know, I'm like, well, I won't, I won't I'm not going to use that analogy on, from the pulpit, that kind of thing. I'm not trying to, like, paint this picture of, like, I, I don't have any intake. But one of the things I've noticed is my volume, my standards, the things that I allow in me make a difference. And, uh, you know, I, I hate it when a, a show that I really love has a lot of cussing in it. And I'm just like, man. And so, you know, one of the things I'll do practically, and I'm just being transparent with you, I'm not trying to infer something on you. I'm sharing my own thought process with you. If you're not pleased with it, it's okay. But I will, I'll say to myself, man, that show has a whole lot of cussing. I'll watch one of them rather than binge three of them kind of thing, right? Like, the, you know, these kinds of things that I'll, I'll do to go like, you know, I'm going to modulate how much and I want to know what I'm, what I'm bringing in that edifies. So here's, here's my challenge to you is to take account of what's going into your mind. Just like all this week, just think about what's going into your mind. Like when you wake up in the, ra- in the morning, what do you put on? When you're in the car, you know, what, what's coming into you? When, you're, when you have downtime, when, like, and with your mind, it's what you're hearing, it's what you're reading, it's what you're seeing. There is so much intake. The rate of intake that we have compared to people 100, 200 years ago is so radically different. And I'm not necessarily saying that volume is bad, but what goes in matters. 
And that's why I read to you that, that scripture. What you sow, you reap, right? What I'm putting in me, I reap. If I sow to the carnal nature, I'm going to reap from that. But if I sow to the Spirit, I'm going to reap from that. And so there's this concept of what is going in our minds. And I think for some of us, we might be dealing with anxiety. And the Lord says, if you will just cut a few things out, your anxiety level is going to go down. Because there's something that is encouraging that anxiety forward, right? Depression can work the same way. And this is not like the the silver bullet that, that solves everything. But I think most of us would agree, we seem to be in an epidemic of mental health issues around the world. And Jesus has told us that we could have the mind of Christ, right? That we can have this peace of mind, this, you know, a mind that has stayed upon him, kept in perfect peace. So my challenge for you is, will you take account I'm not asking you to compare notes with your neighbor and to compare yourselves among yourselves and says, well, well, so-and-so does this and so-and-so does that. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit is very able to lead you. And you need to respond to what the Holy Spirit says. Maybe for you, you need to fast something for a bit. Maybe social media does have a hold on you. You don't have it. You think you're holding it, but it's holding you. And maybe the Lord's just calling you to fast it. Just take a break from it and see what happens different and what you feel different and what patterns are created different in your own mind. Asking ourselves, is this thing that I'm taking in, is it building up or is it edifying, right? I think a good example is news. News is very hard these days to find because it used to be, it felt like 20 years ago, News was less biased, not unbiased, but less. But today, news feels so entertainment-driven and so bias-driven that you can listen to two different news places about the same thing, and you're like, they're completely different. And the thing is, is, and I, I want to say this strongly, new, there are news places that are intentionally trying to make you angry. There are news places that are intentionally trying to get you afraid. And I'm not saying that there aren't things in the world to be angry about. There aren't things, but there are people who are manipulating your mind because it makes you come back for more. Because there's a consumption thing for them. And I just want to encourage you like, to take account. I'm not telling you, you know, this or that. I'm saying, take account of the impact it has on you. Um, because I, I, if you know me well at all, you know I'm not somebody who calls us to legalism. It's just not in me. But I, I would call you to wisdom. And I would, call you, I would say that God does call us to holiness, this idea that you are set apart. I am not my own. I really did give up my rights. And I really do want to follow Jesus and know all that that means. And that means that my life is not my own. So my challenge for you is just look at your intake and look at the impact that it's having on you. And just listen to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit says, put a pause on that, or the Holy Spirit says, diminish that, or the Holy Spirit says, add this in, because it's not just the knots, it's about the what you put in you, right? I know for me, I try to make that first thing that goes in me every day some scripture. Just that first thing every day. I just want some scripture in me, right? 
so that the other things sound off, the other things sound wrong. Because one of the things we're doing is that when we're, when we're consuming, we're having to actively go, okay, I don't believe that, and I don't agree with this. And that, that activity, if we're consuming a lot, it wears you down. And more, I think, gets in than we realize. But here's the, here's the, here's the goal for us. Isaiah 26. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And what I'm encouraging you today, Caleb, if you'll leave that uh, scripture up, what I'm encouraging you today to do is to take an account for your own mind and to say, Lord, I want a steadfast mind. May my mind be set on things that are healthy, that are good, that are edifying. Edifying means to build up, that, that are going to draw me closer to you. And I love that idea that there is more to know of God than we already know. There's not different to know about God. It's not like he's, he's been holding back his real identity. It's not like that. It's that you, you know that he's good. He's more good than you even know right? You know that he loves you. He loves you more than you already know. There is more to know about him. There is more to experience about him. His love for you is so profound and so great. And there is, he has more for us, but we've got to make room for it. We've got to make room for it to come into our lives. And again, my prayer for you today is not that you take this in a legalism way, but that you take it as a challenge of, hold on, the only one who can be accountable for what goes in my mind is me. I'm responsible. And I want it to be something that draws me close to the Lord. And, and if you're struggling um, with anxiety and depression, man, I want you to know I'm already praying for you. Struggling with fear. Already praying for you. I believe, and uh, I've prophesied it in, in a few other churches. I believe that God is all about breaking the yoke of mental illness right now. That it is something that he is passionate about. He's not running around with a stick wanting to beat people who are in anxiety and depression and go, you did this to yourself and you're messed up. And I think his heart is he wants to break the yoke. I think he wants to break it off of people. And in that breaking, I think there is a, he says, okay, now I want you to put some things in you that draw you closer to me rather than things in you that you're always having to fight through and battle off and, and, and battle off the, the impacts in your own life. Would you stand with me today? I want to thank you for allowing me to give you a good, challenging word today. And I'm going to pray for you here in a moment. I, I do want to tell you today, I mentioned today about, you know, giving my life to Jesus and I mentioned to you today about like signing away your, our rights to Jesus. And I, I want to tell you, like, it is the greatest thing that you can ever do is to give up on ruling your own life and to follow Jesus. Not to sugarcoat it at all. There's may, let, asking Jesus to, to be your God and to say, yes, I want to receive the forgiveness of the cross. And yes, I want to follow after you. And I, I love you and I love who you are. and I want to be like you. It'll cost you everything, but it also brings you into a whole new life. And I, for me, my experience has been I enjoy my life so much more because I feel like I am 
who he made me to be, where before I felt like I was running from who he made me to be. And I want you to know he loves you and he cares for you. He's not going to make you serve him because he wants your heart. He wants your heart. And if you've never made that commitment, let today, June 11th, 2023, be the day where you say, Jesus, I am all in. Just like at a poker tournament. Not that I know anything about poker tournaments. I'm all in. That's what I imagine it to be. I watched it on television. Um, (laughs) Just messing with you now. But I'm all in. It is the best way to go about it. If you want to know more about that, you want to pray that prayer, before you leave today, I would be so honored to pray with you because there is no one like our Jesus who would give up his life to pay for every thought, every action, everything that you and anyone in this room has ever done because he wants to get you back. He wants all of you and he wants you to be with him now and in heaven forever. So today I'm going to pray and today as we close, if if you want prayer for anything, you know, we believe that God is doing miracles. We, We sung today, Waymaker. And we know that God is working. And there is faith in this room There's a deep trust in God in this room. And if you need a miracle or there's something that you're praying through, one of our prayer team members up in the front will pray with you. Uh, We would be honored to stand with you in faith and pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Lord, I love that promise. You will keep in perfect peace. Come on, Jesus. Peace rather than anxiety. Peace rather than depression. Peace rather than a fracturedness. Peace rather than despair. Oh, Jesus, that you would keep us in perfect peace. He whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Jesus, come. Come. And this week, Holy Spirit, we give you permission as we're doing our intake. Lord, we're we're not looking for condemnation. But Lord, we welcome your conviction and your wisdom. And we say, Lord, let, let the things that we put in us, let them please you, Lord God. And Father, let us be wise about our intake. And Lord, let, let our patterns of thinking please you. And Father, for some of us, Lord, there is a pattern that God wants to change. There's a, a track that our, your mind has been walking on. And God wants to give you a new track. And that track is a track where there's life and prosperity. It's a track where the river of God, the life of God is flowing. And so, Lord, we ask you to bring our minds out of the wrong tracks and place them in the right tracks. And may we cooperate, God, with the work that you are doing. Father, we realize that these minds, they're a gift. And we want to steward them before you. So give us wisdom. And Father, some of the things that we have accepted, some of the things that we've heard and not questioned, Lord God, uh, that we need to question, let them clang in our mind. Let them go, but that doesn't sound like the Spirit of God. That doesn't agree with the Word of God, that we would have a wisdom in us, Lord God, to discern, Lord God, and to triage what is going in our mind. Lord May every thought be submitted to you. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for life and peace that is in you. We worship you. And Lord, I do pray today for those, God, battling anxiety, battling depression, despair, fracturedness. Come, Lord. Come and give fresh hope. Come 
Father, you're not coming to condemn. You're coming to heal. You're coming to restore. You're coming to make new. And we give you permission to do that in our lives. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.com.